Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Robin Boyd and we've got a jam-packed show today. We are going to uh, talk first with Marcella Stretch of Pods, that's parents of deployed service members, and we're going to talk about uh, the cool things that they're doing and the neat way that they make care packages. And then we're going to move on to Lawanda Holloman. She's a retired colonel and she's also a single mom and raised her girls and had, you know, a wonderful military career, now civilian career. So we're Really excited to talk to her, Rob, so she can talk about, you know, some of the things that women, roles women play and, and uh, you know, provide comfort and validation and support for our military women today, both the women that are serving active duty or retired or the um, women that love our active duty servicemen and women. So it's, you know, we're just covering the whole gamut today. Absolutely. And I think it is so important that uh, we do have these resources. So many um, that are home while their loved ones are, are serving have some challenges as far as not only maintaining the day-to-day, but maybe they're the ones that have to go out and find those extra jobs. And I know Lawanda um, is is really good at uh, helping us know how to be our put our best foot forward, I guess you could say. Wouldn't you say that would be about the... Uh, about the size of it. I would think so. I would think so. But without further ado, I'd like to get to Marcella Stretch because we do have a busy show today. Marcella, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Oh, you know, it's always a delight to have you on. And for those of you that don't know Marcella Stretch and parents of deployed service members, uh, Marcella, can you tell us a little bit about your group? Yes, my group started in the year of 2009 uh, when my son was deployed to Iraq. And once he deployed to Iraq, I, you know, worked with, uh, started communicating with other parents who were going through deployment. And from that, we started a group with six members, and now we're over 2,150 members. And with that, we... We work together, we talk together, we encourage each other, we go through the whole process of deployment, pre-deployment, deployment and post-deployment. We do everything together, we we keep each other, you know, grounded so that we can all be, you know, sound and um, supportive of our troops when they come home and while they're away. You know, and yours is a very individual group. One of the things I like about it, Robin, you know, you've been in the group as well, is, you know, you can post something at 2 o'clock in the morning about how you feel. You know, not giving away troop secrets or not, you know, getting, uh, you know, too personal. And 25 people will rush to support you or to uh, share with you their experiences. It's really an active, cool group. Yes, indeed. And we tr- we there for each other for you know especially when they're when they come home because coming home is you know that integration that uh reintegration process is a you know a long process there's it's no time limit on that process of being you know reintegrated with being home and, and one of the things that i'll oh, go ahead Sam. no go ahead go Rob. ahead there you go. Well, what I was going to say is one of the things that is so special about your group, um, 
uh, is, is the fact that you gather everybody's efforts together to make sure that we're remembering uh, everyone who is over there. So it's not just mom sending over a card or, or the wife sending over a card. It's a whole lot of extended uh, friends and family that are sending uh, things over, which brings us to one of the reasons why we wanted you here uh, yeah. today was to share what you have been doing with um, for Valentine's Day. Yes, we just completed our Valentine's Day uh, care package drive. We just did a drive where we sent um, male and female troops Valentine care packages. And what we did was we created these boxes, or care package boxes, with the Valentine theme on them. And with that theme, that way when they first open up that box, the first thing they'll do is see something that will, you know, warm their hearts um, connected to Valentine's Day. We decorate the whole entire box from the inside. And when they, you know, they have all their little goodies and their candies and their sweethearts. And it's, we also pack enough in the boxes that they can share with their other, you know, troops that's along with them. Well, and that's the one thing, like, I encourage everybody to go, like, the easiest that place that I find to see samples of these boxes are on Pinterest. So if you type in care, package, box, decoration on Pinterest, or you can go to Google and they come up, too, you can see, like, there's one thing here that says, like, you know, 10 things I miss about you. And each um, each of the inside flaps of the boxes in the bottom have some military theme, looks like contact paper or wallpaper or, you know, just print out paper for scratch. Scrapbooks. It's a great way to use your old scrapbook paper. But then there's like little flaps. They look like business cards, you know, that you lift up. And it's really, you just make them with tape. And underneath that, you could write the 10 things that I miss about you. It makes the box um, so much more fun. I would be so sad to have to throw these boxes away. <laughs> yes, they are so beautiful, very beautiful. And we also planning to do the same thing for St. Patrick's Day. If anybody would like to, you know, get in touch with us to receive a name to send a Floyd Truth, a St. Patty's Day um, box, care package box. See, and it's so and great. who is an Irish on St. Patrick's Day? Well, there you go, <laughs> Rob. I'm in here on Pinterest looking at it. You make a superhero box. There's the Easter care package. They glued all the Easter grass to the perimeter of the box and put little eggs in there. You know, oh. there's a little one of sending you a box of sunshine, and there's all yellow candies like Lay's potato chips, Burt's Bees, you know, a minion. You know, you can really go bananas um, yes. and have a yes, lot of fun can. and get your kids involved. Yes, we also have some school teachers involved where they allow their elementary school students to actually create boxes and have them sent off. And I heard they was actually adding Girl Scout cookies to the box. There you go. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, well, and this is a wonderful thing. Like, you know, when I look at this, I always look at, like, you know, reuse, recycle. You can save, you know, a lot of the Valentines you get or the Easter cards you get. You save them for next year, slice off the back, you know, and glue them to the inside of the box. Like, that would be a really thrifty, you know, way to decorate the inside of the box and reuse what we already have. You know, nobody's saying you have to go out and, you know, spend a lot of money or purchase a lot of things because a, a box to ship um, to our troops... Uh, is approximately how much? I know it's like like twelve bucks or something like that for Operation Gratitude. What does a typical box cost to ship to a service member? I know it's under fifteen dollars per box. Yeah, so if you can, you know, re- reuse some things and still make it super cute, um, you know, you can you can get you can do this without breaking the bank, is what I'm trying to say. 
That is an excellent idea. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm chock full of them. Kids' homework, glue it, you know, stick it, make a card out of it, you name it. Because especially, Rob, you were an elementary school teacher. So yes. much stuff comes home. So much comes home, but and, and it's also those wonderful things. I think sometimes when kids are a little bit antsy and if there's a, um, a February vacation coming up for those of you who do have February vacations, sometimes it's those, oh, they get antsy. It's Tuesday and they start getting antsy. <laughs> So you want something for them to do. And at least if they have a purpose, you can, you know, you say, oh, why don't you just go out and draw? Why don't you go out and draw for a friend who is overseas? You know, I mean, if you give that, add that extra purpose, that does give some incentive to the, to our little ones. And that makes a difference. Well, and, you know, there's two things on here that I just want to share. There's one that was made with just yellow paint and black uh, electrical tape. Um, they made a Batman box and they, they just mm. made the kids made Batman stickers out of the, you know, the black tape. And they, you know, um, he wrote Robin is red, Nightwing is blue, rhyming is hard. <laughs> But, you know, they'll love this. And the turkey package is super cute, too. They just took some little, you know, regular paints, Rob, and the top flap has googly eyes, you know, the kind that you buy at the store, you know, that you wiggle around. (laughs) And then they just painted feathers on the open flap. You know what I mean? Like, paint, just painted like you would those handprint turkeys. And they glued a pair of feet just made out of construction paper on the bottom. And that's the Thanksgiving care package. I mean, you can go nuts. I mean, what a great snow day project. Marcella, uh, I know frequently uh, people do send, and I think this is one of the nice uh, reminders, is that everybody's very gung-ho around the holidays to send things over, but are are not realizing that there are still shipments being made throughout the whole year. Yeah, um, so we and, try to ship boxes every month. We add different things, but we try to focus on trying to get boxes out every month, especially, you know, during their birthdays, if we know exactly when a deployed service member is having a birthday. We try to, you know, send them as many cards as possible from all over the United States. That's wonderful. Now, we're getting close to the end of this segment, Marcella, and I do want people to know exactly how to reach you, uh, whether they want to participate or uh, support you. Either way, we'd love for them to find you. How do they do that? Uh, They can find me two ways. They can find me under Parents of Deployed Service Members on Facebook, or they can find me by my whole name, Marcella Stretch. I'm the only Marcella Stretch on Facebook. I would love that. (laughs) You are unique. (laughs) Yes. And that's wonderful. Marcella, thank you so much uh, for being here, but also thank you from all of us for the amazing work that you do. uh, Everyone uh, appreciates all the effort that you have done to coordinate this marvelous group. So thank you. Thank you. And I also want to thank all my admins for being right there by my side. Oh, it's a, it's a, We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginhead.com. 
Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Traditional American breakfast, including fried egg, bacon, toast, and potatoes, must seem really heavy to the rest of the world. When my husband and I were in the Amazon, our breakfast consisted of crocodile, deep-fried piranha, and bananas. I can assure you, I ate pretty lightly. For breakfast in Russia, some people enjoy a spoonful of jam in their tea. Now that sounds yummy. What's a word for a person who loves jam? A paziwala. What's another word for weak tea? Whack rowdy dow. Salamagundi was originally an English dish of chopped meat, anchovies, and eggs, garnished with onions, lemon juice, oil, and condiments. Mornings at our house are too hectic to go to all that trouble for breakfast. I'm scrambling just to get some eggs on the table. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and we're here, and I think we've got our lines crossed. Uh, if that's, um, I hear somebody talking on our lines today, so we're just going to keep talking and hope that they hang up, because I don't think they want their private call on uh, <laughs> military radio. radio. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's yeah. great. Well, you know, Rob, uh, when we were on break, I Googled the top most requested uh, gifts for care packages, and the Fun Times Guide got that has a soldier package thing and you know it had a lot of the stuff that we already knew you know coffee gatorade jawbreakers poker cards you know playing cards dice music cds toothpaste toothpaste but the one thing that i saw here two things that were kind of cool number one was ziploc bags and then the other one was um those little packets that you pick up like at the pizza place like you go to go to um you know like pizza hut and you get the little spiced crushed red, red pepper and you know those little packets not that we're asking you to rip off the local establishments but you know one or two isn't going to hurt to go in a care package um but you might even ask your next time you go to get a pizza you know hey could we have you know 10 or 15 for a care package that's going overseas uh to the troops but what a great idea those little you know the mres are usually so bad and this is so cool like you could just sprinkle it on top and give it a little kick i think that's great and what establishment wouldn't want to be a part of that um I just think that that's a great idea. Well, and those little condiment things, and you know, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna open up the conversation to Lawanda Holloman because as a service member and she's a retired colonel, I would imagine that she got a few care packages in her day. Lawanda, welcome to the show. Thank you, and oh my gosh, I was excited listening to Marcella Marcella talk about the care packages because one thing we did love was receiving care packages. 
especially now i will tell you hot sauce that tabasco sauce was a big winner was it (laughs) now with tabasco sauce is it it sometimes will mask the flavor right (laughs) so um i heard someone mention mres and how delicious they are (laughs) even more enjoyable you just couldn't get enough Tabasco sauce to help it out. Yeah. I know Stephen said he's he carried Tabasco sauce too. That was the only way to get through them. Well, if you guys are near a Winco, like Rob, I don't know if you have Winco up north, but Marcel, I know, or um, I'm sorry, Lawanda, I know you guys have them in the south um, and the southeast. Um, Winco Foods. If you go to their bulk section, many times they have MREs that they're selling and they sell them for like 79 cents and you can pick them up. And I did this so I could show my kids what it is like, like what it tastes like. And I brought some into the classroom and they were, they're horrified. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's fun. What do you remember? um, What do you remember some of your favorite items that were sent to you while you were overseas, Luanda? Some of the favorites were things like your basic necessity, you know, those things you need that you never get enough of handy wipes and those types of that keep in in the in the desert as you can imagine there's sand all over the place and um so those were some of our favorites at least my crew we like the handy wipes we like the um the things that you pour in your water bottles to add flavor to them um and, of course, Tabasco sauce was always nice. If you bring something to your room, you could have that to season it up a little bit. Um, what about, you know, like, like you know, coffee or canned food items? I mean, are those just a big pain to to deal with? Or, or are they, you know, like I think of the little ramen or the little macaroni and cheese cups, you know, those things that we use for our kids' lunches. Yeah, that, that can be a little bit bulky depending on where you're going and what you're doing. Um, something something that's flat, easy to put someplace in your pockets and travel with is always best. So, um, but when you think about those round bowls that that would need to go into, that could be difficult if you've got to move around. Right, so. but you look at your drink pouches; those little things—they're like you know the size of a you know a small eraser. You could pop one of those into your pocket if you needed to. But so to keep in mind that that things that create bulk to carry around might not be the best things in the world to send. Right, exactly. Mm. Now, what about so sending like you know like sometimes I've seen lists for like shoelaces for gym shoes and boots, brown T-shirts, boot socks, underwear. Is that weird? Um, It depends on where you are. Um, I would say for where some of the locations, the remote locations, that might not be so weird because they wear out so fast. Um, And just to have extra that you could roll up and put in your rucksack is always nice to have that. Um, Typically, soldiers have what they need in that respect, um, so yeah, that's, it, it just depends. And yeah. I, you know, you, that might not be the greatest of answers, but it really does just depend. 
Well, and if you don't know necessarily, you know, if you're you're participating in a program where you're not really sure where the package is going, putting in like microwave popcorn. I mean, there's not, you know, there might be places that you don't have microwave popcorn. It's not like you can go, oh, yum, let's open it and eat it uncooked. Exactly. exactly. Depends on where they are, and typically, um, you know, it's always nice to receive packages. Um, the thing is, is that sometimes it's just not convenient to to have certain items. They're just not conducive for the mission. Sure. So, Rob, but, do you have any comments? Well, no. I mean, I'm listening. I didn't want to interrupt. I, I'm wondering, of course, are things a little bit different now, Lawanda, than say, well, of course, in Stephen's day, he'd be gone for months at a time versus uh, some of the tours that might be a little bit shorter or at least not as remote as perhaps um uh, military people had to uh, endure years ago. Um, I'm just thinking socks, even though they were uh, issued X number of pairs of socks, that didn't mean that was going to get them through their whole tour because uh, if you were either in some someplace very wet and damp or someplace very cold, um, that's going to certainly, you're going to wear through those. Um, do you find that replenishment of supplies um happens a little more readily, or is that still pretty uh, variable, Lawanda? Let me say it this way. I think that you can never go wrong having extra. Yeah. That's always nice to have because, like you said, you don't know if it's going to be raining, if it's good, what, what's going to happen. Um, or, or your buddy might need a pair. Correct. Yeah, sure. Exactly. They could just, you know, anything is possible when you're out in the desert and, um, and you're out in those conditions. Um, so it's always nice to get those things that are easily, you can easily roll it and pack it and store it in that rucksack and go. So anything of that nature, um, you know, the t-shirts, the socks, um, the handy wipes and the Ziploc bags, believe it or not, those keep things dry. <laughs> so yeah. it's rainy, you can put um, your items inside of that, especially your undergarments. You don't want them getting wet. And so that it, those things do come in handy. So, um, but getting back to your question, though, as far as how have things changed, they stay the same. Now, I'm having a hard time hearing her, Rob. Um, so until we get uh, Lawanda back, let's talk a little bit more about these great ideas that are, um, you know, found in these uh, in these packages. Um, you know, beef jerky, we've got mints, um, you know, those wouldn't take up much room. And, uh, you know, those little teeny toothpaste, um, you know, like the little single toothpaste, you know what I'm talking about? And the, sure, um, sure. you know, I'm thinking like on here, people requested Pringles chips. They're kind of hard to roll up and not crunch in your... <laughs> Yeah. In your rucksack. But, you know, those cereal bars have to be pretty good. You know, they're pretty tiny. Um, and then batteries. That was another thing that people were asking for, D-size and AA. So I don't know um, if we have Lawanda back, what those would be used for, you know, unless they're, you know, for different players or flashlights. Right. True. Can you hear me? Oh, there you go. Now you're yeah. back. Okay. Yeah, definitely the uh, batteries are good because you want to be able to see at night. <laughs> 
<laughs> sometimes your bad help. So, um, so those are always nice to have. Everything you mentioned that I um, that I was able to hear were um, good items. I mean, it's always so nice to get something when you don't have it readily at your fingertips. So, how old were your girls? Were you deployed when your girls were small? I was. My daughters were at the time. They were. Nine and ten years old. Ooh. It was, um, and at that time, we didn't, uh, we didn't really have an opportunity to Skype. Our connectivity was not that great. I understand now, depending on where you are, you can, um, you can Skype with your family and that kind of Mm. thing. I would think, too, it would be kind of fun to send over stamps and maybe some uh, cards for children so that service members could send those back to their family. Um, they may not have uh, ample stamps readily available unless you, unless you send them over. Great point. Yes, yes, that, that is yeah. true. That is true. Yeah, we have a, a break coming up, um, and we're going to continue our conversation with Lawanda. Lawanda Holloman is a retired military officer and a preeminent corporate etiquette and international protocol consultant. Protocol, the military is just totally filled with protocol, um, so I'm sure that's job security right there, Lawanda. <laughs> um, we're just thrilled to have her, uh, and lots of... Um, information that we get from Lawanda because it is uh, our way of sort of connecting and giving us that information that we might uh, not quite remember or put in its place. So we're glad to have Lawanda here today. Um, if you would like to see more of Lawanda, visit her website, Everything Etiquette and you.com. Um, there's a, a great wealth of information here. So we hope that you tune into that and uh, be able to meet Lawanda. But we'll have more with her right after this break here on Military Mom Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from 0 hundred hours to 2359. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages. Well, the U.S. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagophrenia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you heard? 
The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Mother, or I'm sorry, Military Mom Talk Radio, and we are visiting today Robin Boyd and I, too, with LaWanda Holloman. Now, she uh, is a retired colonel, and when she was uh, deployed, her girls were 9 and 10 years old, so I'm really excited to hear about how they coped with certain things. But before we get to that, I want to introduce you guys to Bark Post, like Barking Dog, like B-A-R-K-P-O-S-T, anyone who has had a dog impact their lives. We had Chicken Nugget Rob that came in and really turned around a lot of the issues, especially for one of my sons uh, in our divorce. He really provided like exceptional service. And so, you know, I, I love dogs and, uh, you know, I like to honor our dogs. And there is actually a nonprofit organization that has been sending care packages to U.S. military dogs all over the world since 2003, the United States War Dog Association, Inc. And the president is Ron Aiello and packages, he said, are sent year round. Now, you can send specific items to them. You can also make a contribution by donating to them for the shipping, but here's what they need. And this is something, if you are a pet store owner and you've got some junk in the back that nobody's using, it might be a good thing to take the tax deduction and donate these um, items, get them off your shelf. Canine cooling mats, nail clippers, brushes and combs, uh, Kongs, those are those big heavy-duty chew toys, cooling vests, doggles, you know, the little doggy goggles, collapsible nylon dog water bowls, dog shampoo. If you've got stuff that's taken up space in your store, uh, canine salves, toothpaste and toothbrushes and the salves for paws and noses and then dog treats made in the U.S. only. So how cool is this? And, you know, we can all make a difference. I know there's stuff laying around in stores. I see it all the time. And, you know, for them to take the tax deduction and ship it out and have it used and have it go to a great cause, everybody wins. That's fantastic. And who, mm-hmm. we don't think of that uh, as being a necessity. Uh, and, my goodness, those uh, those service animals are definitely a part of our team. So we want to make sure we take care of them, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Lawanda, you had 
both girls, right? You got nine and ten yes. year old girls. And right. were you divorced at the time? I was. I was actually newly divorced at the time and had to um, um, move my daughters in with my sister in another state. And so um, that was very difficult for us because I was a mama bear. And I was used to having my daughters with me, and having to leave them was one of uh, the most challenging things. In fact, <laughs> we, my uh, oldest daughter is in college, and my youngest is about to go off to college um, in June. Well, she graduates in June, but we were just talking the other day about some of the most difficult things that I've ever had to do in my life, and, and at the top of the list was when I had to deploy and leave them behind. Um, and we made it through that, though. Now, but if it, I can take you back to that time, what were some of the feelings? You know, so much of what we do on this show, LaWanda, we can't fix things, we can't change things, but we can validate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I know you're you're serving your country, and but it had to be such a conflict in your heart, or was it was it you know you were just easy to put them in different boxes? I know we're all different, right? Yeah, I can say. Um, let me be the first to validate women who may feel guilty, um, who may feel like I am not fulfilling my role as a mother to my child um, by leaving her behind. My um, saving grace was that I knew that they were in good hands. They were with my sister, and my mom and dad and my brother were not far away. And so that was um, that was what gave me comfort. At the same time, I still felt, um, you know, it's like your heart walking around outside of your body is what I, the way I heard it described before. And when you can't even see them and you, and they you don't know what's going on with them every day when you're used to hearing their stories and what happened at school or you're taking them to school and you're with them and just the very presence with you. Um, I felt guilty about that. Um, and, um, was it harder, Luanda, if you were to hear the day-to-day, or was it better for you to hear the day-to-day? I can only imagine it. You're, you're in a stressful situation because of your job responsibility. You can't be focusing on the the girls were fighting last night, and you weren't there to help. Uh, you know, the the sister bickering. Um, it, right. Was it easier for you to hear the day-to-day, or di- more difficult? Let me say this. Anytime, um, I think um, putting things in a box is something that will happen because in order to do your job and to, and to focus on what you're there to do, you do have to limit the distractions in your life. Now, I, I'm not being cold when I say that uh, because I always thought about my daughters every single day. Um, at the same time, I learned over time how to be focused on that mission because that's important and that was critical as well. Um, so it, it became an issue when I came back and having to bridge that gap for them because at that young age, 
um, what I didn't do so well as a parent and what I would uh, much rather women learn to do is to help their children really understand that mommy is trying to make this world a safer and better place for you. And this is how I do it. And draw them at an age-appropriate level into the discussion so that they understand that what you're doing is really important work and it's going to help um, make things better. And um, communication, communication, communication. I think, uh, though, um, I did get to talk to my daughters um, during the week. Um, and we didn't have a lot of time, but I could talk to them. Um, so that was good for me to be able to hear their voices. That helps helped me to stay focused on my mission because I knew they were okay. Well, and that's something, you know, I'm just going to chime in here, Lawanda, that, that, and I know yours is an extreme case because you're, you know, you're hundreds of thousands of miles away. Um, but that's something every divorced parent has to go through a lot of times at some point. Like if you're in a high conflict divorce, like I am, there were times when my ex just refused to let me speak to my children for oh, four days, a week at a time. And, you know, it was very hard for me to focus on work and my kids were just across town you know i wasn't across the world trying to navigate this i think that that's something that we all have to learn to deal with you know in a divorce situation where there's joint custody but yours just adds another layer on top of that like i had such compassion for you when you were speaking because i remember how i felt when i my ex wouldn't let me speak to my children and how how distracting that was but that could cost you your life mm-hmm Absolutely. Yeah. And um, um, unfortunately, um, they didn't. Uh, the, my ex-husband is now deceased. Um, so that added, you know, I was still in the military when that happened. And that added a whole different dynamic to things because um, anytime I was gone, they did not stay with him. And so I, we even had to deal with, well, why didn't we stay with dad and sure. when you left and that kind of thing? So there's so many dynamics that go on. And I, I think the one takeaway with all of it is to, at an age-appropriate level, really communicate what's going on with the children because they know a lot more than we think. Um, and, and as a mama bear, you don't want them involved in adult situations where they're placed in a, an adult role. But at the same time, you want them to understand why. Well, and that gives them, I will come in here and I will buzz in and say, that gives them a lot of peace of mind. You know, I have worked very hard. I go to a counselor every week, Lawanda, who helps me with the languaging. She talks to me about, this is the way you explain it to a nine-year-old. This is the way you explain it to, you know, a, a 12-year-old. My kids have not only been through a very ugly divorce, but there's, you know, their their grandmother died in the middle after a long-term battle with breast cancer, and then their step brother died in a drunk driving he he had a drunk driving accident and you know killed his best friend so there were you know big big issues going on here yeah. that i i was not at all prepared to handle so i reached out through my health insurance program and found a counselor who i could say like what do you say with these things and i'm sure you you had those moments where you're like how do i answer this uh, absolutely and 
counseling, counseling, and more counseling. So, yes, we did counseling. And a lot of people just don't want to talk about that, you know, because they think, oh, I'm not strong if I have to go to counseling. I I have this. I got it. But sometimes um, we just need help from someone who's not in the situation to help us navigate through it. And I certainly utilize counseling services, and they have that for the uh, military as well. Oh, of course they do. They do. And we're going to demystify counseling because I had a lot of really wrong perceptions about what counseling was and how it could help my family. And, Lawanda, I would love for, you know, in the next segment, you know, for us to talk about demystifying some of this stuff. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we have to embrace sometimes the, the unknown and those uncomfortable feel feelings that we have and certain stigmas attached to certain things so that we can move forward. It's true. And I think so many times um, we do need that objective person to be able oh. to look at a situation because so many times uh, you're so wrapped up in, in uh, something that just being able to either give yourself permission to let these feelings out or give yourself permission to be angry or give yourself those permissions, um, it, it's um, that's where somebody is able to say, okay, you're on the right track, this is great, um, and this is going to make your relationship stronger. It's so hard uh, to have a long-distance relationship domestically, let alone if, if someone is that far away. So um, we'll definitely go on with that a little bit more on the other side of the break. We're here today with Lawanda Holloman. So grateful for her time and her expertise and her wonderful knowledge to help us uh, be better spouses, be better uh, support to our wonderful servicemen. We'll be back in a moment. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togginhead.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. 
She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Robin Boyd and we are talking with LaWanda Holloman. Now she's a retired Army Colonel and she had uh, two girls, 9 and 10, while she was on deployment and um, she said something before the break, counseling, 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 which was like music to my heart because I really struggled, LaWanda, in the beginning and the funny thing was I ended up going to counseling because my ex-husband and his new girlfriend were were having issues and they were blaming it on me. So I went over to try to help the family situation. And it was like, you know, a funny thing on the way to the loony bin. Oh my God, I am still going, you know, eight years later to the same um, counselor. And I was really nervous at first. I thought like I was going to get yelled at, or I was going to, you know, feel like a failure. And, you know, my counseling sessions without divulging anything too personal, I learned like why my kids were doing some things and, you know, some tools that I could do differently or some activities I could do with them. Like we do these walk and talks. We pack a lunch, we walk up in the mountains and we talk about everything under the sun in a very neutral, you know, it's not the whole, I'm going to sit at the foot of your bedroom with honey, we have to talk, you know, which is weird and mm-hmm. creepy and, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like tools. Like, you know, we go to a nutritionist to learn about health. We go to a doctor to fix our headaches. Mm -hmm. When we have challenges, why don't we reach out for help? I think part of it is 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 what you talked about earlier is that we feel like a failure somehow and that because we weren't able to figure it out, um, there's this sort of reluctance to go and get help. And already our emotions are bruised (laughs) from, you know, the reason we feel like we need counseling is because we have some bruised emotions or things aren't quite working out. Um, But I would caution anyone to, to not let that ego get in the way of getting help. I mean, if you think about it, even the best basketball players michael jordan had a coach and uh golfers tiger woods had a coach and if we could just view this as a coach with the skill set to help you navigate through these difficult things that are just kind of uncharted ground no i mean we didn't get married thinking oh i'm gonna get a divorce we thought it would be forever and when it didn't turn out that way so now we've got a recondition our thoughts and find that new place of norm norm uh normalcy for ourselves and sometimes that can be difficult and so i am um i am an avid supporter of counseling um in in and not don't ever hesitate especially when those resources are available to you to go get help 
Well, and look at the difference in your voice just with using the word coach versus counselor. A coach is like, yeah, get out there and do your best. Make that basket. That's da, right. da, da. You know, and a counselor, just that word is like, oh, my God, I'm a train wreck. Like, you know, you just, right. you know it's a complete difference. It's just a word. Exactly. But I want to ask you, you know, you have your MBA, you have your MSS. What was your MOS in when you were um, when you were when you first started in the military? Okay, so my um, branch was quartermaster, and that's um, they transitioned that to logistics. And what logisticians do is we make sure we get the right thing in the right place at the right time. So we ensure that um, all of our soldiers are equipped with what they need to do their jobs. Everything from it depends on what your specialty is, but we take care of everything from uh, making sure you have food. I, I love being the food service officer when I had that job because I could taste all the food and in, in, in 2ID, I was in Korea. So I would taste all the food. I was a food service officer, so that was fun. But everything from um, making sure that they had uniforms and those uh, were set, the um, facilities were set up for that, um, vehicles, you name it. If If they needed it to operate, we made sure you got the right thing in the right place at the right time so that you were able to concentrate on your mission. Well, now let's, let's take, I'm just going to take your own words and not use them against you. I'm going to use them okay. for you. Okay. You said, we make sure that soldiers are equipped to do their jobs. Would you say that your logistical training helped you with your children, which, you know, we talk about the coaching or the counseling or the education. Like I go to counseling to get an education, not necessarily to get fixed, but that you logistics for a military mom are getting the children what they need equipped, as you put it, to do their job, which is to grow up. That's right. Absolutely. Um, my, what I told them before was my job, and this is, I, I hate to sound like this hard-nosed woman. I'm not. My job is to train you to leave me. That is what my job is because, and, and I want you to be prepared. And so while it may be difficult and you don't like some of the things you might have to endure, it's a necessary thing for you to do it because we got to find your place of greatness because I believe everybody has that place of greatness. Um, for example, my oldest daughter, she is a kinesthetic learner. She has to learn by doing. So college is not necessarily her thing. But she discovered something that she was interested in that she went into the co went went to college. Now, my thing as a parent was to have available options, and you always want to keep your options open. And so um, we do have other options in the event she chooses to say, "Hey, this just doesn't work for me. My job is not." to do your job for you, but it is to get you equipped and ready to do what you need to do. And so, yeah, I believe that that logistics mindset and training was, was just right for me to be able to see things in that way. 
Well, and there are some things, you know, like, uh, you know, my kids were were like middle elementary school to early elementary school when they first started going over to their dads. And that was a big, it was a big trauma for my one son, my older son, who was six, seven years old when that change started happening. He is not a spirit that navigates change well. I'm just going to put that out there. My other one rolls with the punches. One of them doesn't. And as any parent knows, your kids are, are profoundly different. And I found myself going back. I remember having my kids stand in the bathtub and it was cold. You know, it was like a cold night. And I'd have them stand up in the bathtub and they were naked as blue jays covered in suds mm-hmm. and they were cold. And I'm like, okay. I, and I needed them to say, I'm tough. I'm strong. I can do anything. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and they would stand up and do that. They would shiver and then they'd get down. I'd put the hot water and they'd be like, ah, you know, uh, this, this fun training, but it's like, mm-hmm. look, when you're cold, you will get warm again. You know, things mm-hmm. change, you know, you get out, you towel off. And it was so hard for me, but I found to go back to my like kind of military resiliency training, um, because don't you think that your military training has taught you how little we actually really need in this world? You know, you talk about putting things in your rucksack, you know, what fits in your rucksack, what fits in your rucksack is what you need. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and I travel like that today (laughs) because I know that whatever I take with me, I've got to carry it. So I like to pack light and, um, my daughters have kind of adopted that somewhat, but, um, absolutely. I think that, um, I wouldn't trade that experience in the military, even though there were some difficult times and some separations that I would rather have not had to to make. Um, they all served a greater purpose, and that was to expand my own – stretch my own way of seeing things and my own – challenge my own thought process even. Um, well, and when you were a little girl, what did you grow up dreaming to be? See, that is something I, I, I think I probably thought I was going to be a lawyer when I was a little girl. Um, in fact, I let go of that dream probably a few years ago because I was still kind of saying, oh, well, when I finish, I'll just go to law school afterwards. But I but I um, I think that I just need to bloom where I'm planted. Okay. I just think when I meet women who have military careers, they have such an open spirit to what takes them next. And that's what makes them very interesting. You know, I have friends who wanted to be a nurse since the other time of the nurse, and that is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But it's more interesting to me when you're not sure what you're going to be when you grow up and your kids are going off to college and you're still not going to sure what you're going to be. I think you have so many wonderful gifts, Lawanda. I think you have so much to give to the world from your experience, from your education, and, you know, from raising your girls. I think we can learn a lot from you. Oh, I can learn a lot back. That's that's the beauty of living is um, I expect to learn from people that I encounter and I expect to add value to them. And so it's it works out to be win win. 
it is a win-win. And, you know, when we talk about our experiences on the air like this, I want to be really clear. We're not here feeling sorry for ourselves. We're not here saying we're better than anyone else. We're just here saying we are women doing the very best we can raising our children. And if we can share something that worked for us, if we can share, you know, like the walk and talk or the, you know, your sister and you, you know, how did you guys communicate? These things make it better for the rest of us, Lawanda, when we know that, not that this is ideal, that your sister was taking care of your kids while you were deployed, that makes it okay for some of us to say, you know what, she got through it, she was okay, her kids are okay, you know, it's it's going to be okay for me too, because if you believe it's going to be okay, you have a chance. If you don't, you're dead in the water. That's right, and and we are living proof that... You know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And if you don't feel that tough and like you can't go, get help. And it's okay to do that because even though we are pretty strong-willed type women, we still needed the help. So it's okay to get help. It is okay. And a lot of times help is just education. Like if you don't like the word help or you don't like the word counselor, go to somebody to get an education. We're not the first women in the world to get divorced. We're not the first women to serve overseas and, you know, have to leave our children in the care for others. There's no point in everybody being pigheaded, you know, saying, I can do this. I can do this. Why wouldn't you do it better, easier, faster with a little bit of knowledge? There are systems in place for our military families take advantage of them there are given hour programs if you don't want to go within the military system you can go out and get some support get educated make a difference you'll feel a lot better uh, for it on behalf of Lawanda Holloman you can look her up online on behalf of Robin Boyd this is Sandra Beck of Military Mom Talk Radio we'll be back again next week Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom Talk Radio.